Welcome to Podcasters, the unofficial after show in the Netflix series Wrestlers. Presented by the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Today we will cover episode six of Wrestlers entitled About Face. I tell you what, man, they don't know spoilers, man. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. They know spoilers, but, uh, you know, hey, let's do our little exercise again where we talk about five words for to describe our feelings about this episode. Go ahead, Tiny Brian. Gracie is a huge star. She is that. Go ahead, Jackman. What you got for us? Not out of the woods yet. Very true. Yeah. And couldn't, be, couldn't, didn't have enough real estate for yet. And behinds? This is make or break. This is make or break. This is, in fact, make or break. And I'll go ahead with, I guess, my five words. Um, Gracie is the star, and uh, we'll see a lot in this, so we'll, we'll continue on from there. But uh, go ahead, Brian. <laughs> Go ahead. All right. Well, then, uh, so I guess we will uh, get into all of the action from Episode 6 of Wrestlers uh, right after this. And we're back. Oh, that is always such a refreshing break and, and to be able to take a moment. Everybody awake and with us? We are. This is a new recording day for us. So we, we did uh, Hi, Good Morning. Pretty wave to the camera. Hi, YouTube. Jackman is not feeling wavy this morning or today or whatever time it is. We're in a timeless void, just like the OVW, really. There you are. In this. So we open um, We open with Gracie. A couple of us already mentioned. Uh, so, and, and she's on our screen now. I believe in my notes, in the notes, I describe her as uh, the perfect pink palette cleanser to wash away the memory of that hardcore death match. <laughs> so we did leave it in, in a bloody and a, and a tacky and not as in a badly dressed, but as in literally with tacks stuck in people's bodies situation last episode. So we do open with Gracie and with the, the with how, how much all the kids love the OVW. And uh, so you go to probably more wrestling shows than any of us, Jackman. Mm-hmm. How, what, what do you feel about the, the whole kids at the wrestling show? Do, do you like to see it or do, do you enjoy it? It, it depends on the show you know like if they're throwing around light tubes i don't know if i want like little kids around but no kids always add uh you know great dynamic you know always good people watching when you have kids around love sitting next to kids at uh shows and you know it's it is very because to them it is no questions asked they feel the heat yeah full force. <laughs> yeah it's it's always fun to sit next to a kid with a lot of energy at a wrestling so show being the one here that actually has a little girl and we went to the uh, Country Boy show. Hines will back me up on this. She could give a crap less about watching it on TV. But when we see it live, man, she just gets so excited and yeah. gets up there and jumps up and down. And, uh, in fact, the last wrestling show we went to, like the wrestler that she picked lost. And, boy, she started crying. <laughs> just completely <laughs> into it, huh? So, you know, that's, that just gives an example how invested that children get on this. I mean, look at those kids who are over there screaming and – and her little uh, back and forth that she does with Joe Mack is she's comedy really, gold. She's really good at talking smack yeah. for somebody that age. And in fact, so if if you're watching OVW now, like the the OVW Facebook and Twitter accounts have been putting out videos with put out videos with Gracie, like she grabbed Hollywood's uh, title and ran away with it, and uh, 
She uh, she called Joe Mack behind a building and beat him up. I, it's, I mean, there's a lot going on with that. I, I take her over Joe Mack, though. So, yeah, and, uh, and they did take a moment here just to sort of dial up the tension, and we had one of the parents that give us the, oh, Louisville would be devastated if the OVW closed because all these children, it gives them hope. It, it, it helps them to, 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 to get together with their families, and it would just be awful. Well, and that was a, even when you're sitting down with Gracie's father, he's showing her um, old Louisville Palace OVW, you know, books, uh, mm-hmm. programs. Um, which, you know, so he'd been going, that was 25 years ago he, almost. He's been know? going since the beginning. Yeah, he's been yeah. going for a long time. So he's, you know, a special place in his heart. It must be great to um, get to share it with his daughter. But he can't, he's probably not the only person with that exact same story that's been going to WW for literally generations. Oh, yeah. There's probably dozens of them. He's just one representative sample. So things are definitely looking up at least you know from the things they're able to film in this in this pen, penultimate episode because we go to nashville uh greatest for, city on earth baby oh Nash- so i have to admit I, I went to nashville about a year and a half ago and it is a fun town yes. it is it is fun to spend an evening in and and go around and see a concert but and uh, this is the this is SummerSlam, right this was the the weekend yeah. SummerSlam was in nashville yeah it's uh anytime any of the big four come through the wwe big four come through a city uh it really does turn into just like wrestling mecca um it's it is absolutely insane every restaurant you go to everyone's wearing wrestling like you're in it's fun because it's like one of the only times as wrestling fans that uh, you, you, everyone around you isn't judging you for being a wrestling fan. You're judging the other people for, <laughs> for not. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're at a bachelorette party. Well, we're here because Brock Lesnar is going to knock over a ring uh, with a tractor tonight. You oh, know, so did that actually happened. That was the ending to that match. Yeah. Oh my uh, that god, that SummerSlam main yeah, event. Yeah, it was like I got nothing watch I'd ever that. seen before. But literally every company in the world comes to whenever there's a big four pay-per-view comes to that city. So that's what brings OVW. And for OVW, it's a, what, a three-hour drive on, like, straight down the highway. A three-hour so, tour. Louisville, yeah. Three-hour tour. So, yeah, it just makes sense that they come and do a free wrestling show. And, and you know, because you've got all the wrestling fans right there together. So I was there for about 25 minutes uh, just because I, I had tickets to another show that night. Um, this OVW show was walk up, um, but I definitely wanted to get out and support it. You know, it was cool seeing it in a different environment. Um, every time Al books like a uh, venue outside of the Davis Arena, it's it tends to be really really cool and like scenic. I love when they do the Fourth Street live shows; those are really really awesome. Ooh, I'd like to go to one of those in Louisville sometime. I noticed uh, the amazing Maria cuts kicks this section this uh, segment off, saying, "Everybody, take your shirts off." Take your shirts off. They're weaponizing the sexiness in the OVW. With the dudes specifically, which I found. Um, well, I mean, equitable. with all the uh, all the uh, bachelorette parties down there, they might have gotten some looks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Haley literally throws a wrestling promo up on a, the second layer of a bus. That's a bachelor party going by. So, And pretty good crowd here. We see it when, they, when the show actually starts. And uh, so there is a, a a woman's battle royal that is basically the uh, uh, the the main attraction of this of this particular wrestling show, and uh, Layla Gray wins, who is she's the champion as we're mm-hmm. recording as this this series is going on. So and it's a 
pretty pretty reasonable that she would win. But then uh, certified Luke Curtis, normally a heel, uh, jumps up in the ring and is uncharacteristically friendly as mm-hmm. he takes the mic. And, and we quickly find out it's because they are, they are getting married. And uh, this was, we find out later, this is about two weeks before Layla gets her AEW. She's in AEW now, right? We didn't just find out they were going to get married. He asked her on bended knee that's, right in the middle oh, of the ring. Oh, yes, that's what I was getting ring. to. Yeah, yeah. He, in the middle of the ring. He got down, and and, and it was it's just a beautiful, a beautiful moment. moment. Yes. Al, yeah. cr- Al cries. Yeah, I, I noted that specifically. He tears up, and then he stands, and he tells people to shut up. It was very emotional. It was. It was beautiful. I would have cried. I, I, I think I cried at a kayfabe proposal once, so I, I, I would have cried. <laughs> Well, I, I know how you feel about uh, Frey the Slay and Aaron Grimes. Yeah, I know that is your wrestling. Is, what wrestling weddings are jam. the best? Wrestling weddings are the best. It's your twilight, basically. Yes, yeah. the, the on which we would get to that. That actually starts or has already started in this show. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, it's uh, and I, I love that that the, when when they propose, we end with them talk with uh, we cut to Haley and Eric, and it's like, so when are you two? And it's like, never mind, and they just disappear into the crowd. It was pretty great. <laughs> yeah, I think that that was some uh, deserved, you know, poking fun at Al for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think I was smart to not book those two in the ring <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, considering, yeah, this is th- this episode that there is some definite developments in the Haley and Eric front, which we will get to in due course. So. And there she is. wonder why we didn't see more of them. Was it just not a good story the editors could find around these two? Because this seems like this would have been a great finish for a, a season-long arc of these two. But I don't really remember seeing much of them at all. No drama. No, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just a happy couple. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to Luke Curtis and Layla Gray for being both happy and unmarketable. So yeah. congratulations, you two crazy kids. Best of luck. It's a Unmarket- unmarketable sword. from a uh, from a, a reality television. From a reality, which is probably not Let's, the worst they're, thing. They're both be. both great wrestlers. They uh, yes, they are. I did not mean to cut their wrestling. Come ability on, now. come on now. There he is. Look at him. Look at him going. Both <laughs> <Yeah>. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> he literally gives them the finger. Wipe Shut away up. tears and telling them to uh, f off. Yeah. Generation X will never let you see him cry. Is Al Gen X? See, like at the old, an old head of Gen X. He's like sixty-two. Uh, no, it's a little yeah, too he old. He just turned sixty. Yeah, little too old to be one of us. Too bad. So we uh, then we cut to, and it's sixteen days to the big one in the only in the timeless void that is this season of television. Um, and we come in, and Matt is is talking to everybody, and and but uh, we this is where we get the final kind of the final business meeting, and we've been talking about it throughout the season. The real business of wrestling versus the real business of wrestling, and which one the, is the, the real real the wrestling business. business? Yeah, the the real business and the wrestling business. There it is. Look at you, Jackman. You're just a, a font of creativity. So yeah, Matt comes in and lays out and and praises the wrestling business, but then talks about the the wrestling business, and uh, you know how they're they're doing well. Well, that they're they're making a great product, but that also costs a lot of money. Apparently, they lost $180,000 in the first months of the year. In, in the first seven months. That is, I don't know how you do that. Uh, and how are you still there? But Yeah, that's no bueno, man. Apparently, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, KSR money must be going to this. A lot of that Mitch Please money must be holding up the wrestling. 
or something. Who knows? Whatever Craig, it is, Craig Greenberg does to make his money. So they, the, the, and they say that the everybody who booked them for the the tour events wants them back, which is always good. And uh, I, I did like that, it, and it just seems reasonable that Jesse here would be the one to be like, um. So how is this sustainable? And I, I don't know. Jesse seems to, I don't know if he just looks like a corporate stooge or he just has a face that says, da I'm, we're going to have to downsize you or or what. But For I love a that reality he TV one. show bodybuilder, he's, uh, he's not poorly spoken. He's no, not a dingbat. not bat. at all. No. <laughs> no, and that, that's part of it is he, yeah, he sound, he has that corporate sound when he's yeah. just talking. So it's pretty delightful. But um and, and, and I love that Matt, when he's talking about, you know, what would be the first kind of unacceptable compromise, and that's ending the weekly live show. And apparently a lot of the, a lot of the shows that have weekly shows tape like four of them at once. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, like, that's like four hours, five hours of wrestling. That's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, that's, and what, yeah. that's what Impact does. Yeah. That's what yeah. AEW does, too. Yeah. When we went to see them, they yeah. did an hour of Dark, uh, two hours of Dynamite, and then... Uh, Rampage Friday night's episode that all in one night all in one night so, but going to like a taping that they're like what OVW would be talking about taping at least with like a dynamite taping there's two hours of it that are live um, these like an impact taping is exhausting they're, oh I'm sure they're fun they're really really fun but you might see like one in stage promo the in a four hour taping and it's just cold match after cold match after cold match because you don't know any of the angles because they tape everything out of order so you can't kind of uh. predict what's happening. So they're doing the storylines basically in the edit bay and yeah. in, the, in, the, in the side studios. What and fun is that? I mean, they're incredibly fun, but like you see a lot of great wrestling and you're right up on it, but they are exhausting. By the time you get out of there, and there's no... It's, it's on a soundstage. It's not at a venue, so there's no like refreshments really there's no like it's they're a whole different thing do it they would, give away these tickets no um they're but they're like they're, they they're, pay people to take them they're like 25 bucks for like four or five hours of wrestling like you oh. kind of if you're a fa if you just want to see some wrestling they're it's great um but it's they're they're exhausting man like it would totally that kill sound what, fun it would totally kill what ovw has going on yeah like, the, the ovw is what i'm trying to say yeah and and you're absolutely right <laughs> that, that that's terrible so at the end of this but at the end of this business versus business meeting the uh the question is raised again about al getting in the ring and this time uh matt comes with the notion that al should wrestle shannon the dude so we've talked about Matt. We've talked about KSR kind of generally as a media force in this Commonwealth. I guess it's time for us to have a little bit of a conversation about the world heavyweight radio champion, Shannon the Dude. STD. We so had, we had kind of mentioned him a little bit last. Uh, episode, but he is going to feature think, pretty pretty prominently yeah, going this, forward. Yeah, it, it kind of uh, this episode is definitely more about him. So, uh, yeah, he is the, the, the fourth banana, I guess, on KSR. He's technically the producer. Well, he has several roles. He's the producer for KSR. He is also a statewide known uh, disc jockey. Yeah, he's a rock DJ. He's on uh, QMF and Double Q, which are two big stations in Kentucky. He is also a um, – um, I'm losing my turning ball. Oh, yeah, of course, he, he works for OBW. He is sure. a – 
he's an announcer and he's like the heel manager. Well, and, and yeah, he's the heel announcer. He's like uh, Jerry the King Lawler if you listen to classic, right? Or Bobby the Brain Heenan if you listen oh, man, to classic no, WCW. And then to top it all yeah. off, he's a front man for his own cover band. So you know, yeah. Shannon's kind of all over the place and probably one of the more popular characters outside of Matt Jones in the state of Kentucky. And the fact that they're paired up is 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 pretty pretty interesting. So. Yeah, so so the and you know so the notion that we're you know Al and and Shannon together is, is sort of a, a draw and and we leave that still. Uh, and Matt mentions you know if I can't build or Al mentions if I can't put a story behind it a match without a story isn't worth doing. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that is that is becoming clear to me the more I watch this of just how much those those stories are so contingent when when you think all you're seeing is. You know, we're just showing up to watch a fight, but no, you're you're not. There's there's a whole thing going on. So and it kind of goes back to what I was talking about about cold matches. Like one of OVW's greatest strengths is their storytelling, and if the audience isn't getting to see that week after week, that audience especially reacts to the story. They do. Oh yeah. If you're just sending those, if you were to send them in cold, it would be, yeah. it would it would kill what they have going on TV and what they have going in that arena. That storytelling really shows what Al Snow's talent is. Yeah. Because he's the man behind all of that. And we start, we see a bit of that ongoing storytelling next in the show when uh, we see Freya the Slayer and uh, OVW uh, man or uh, referee, referee uh, Aaron Grinder doing Grider. a Grider, doing a, a date. And we know, for those of you who followed the OVW, like the most recent big one just a couple of weeks ago, they had a wedding that unfortunately did not go off as planned. That's a year-long that's, yeah. that's, yeah, angle. This, this was the beginning of a year-long drama. More than. It had already been going on. Because, like you know, uh, Freya is a uh, a very attractive, like, bigger woman. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Aaron is like a... Me, but a little smaller. He's a nerd. He's a nerd. Yeah. Aaron and I could probably do a very good Dungeons and Dragons and, podcast. And she is way out of his league, obviously. Well, yeah, but and I just like to listen to her talk. I mean, you know, because and and she talks about the perils of being that hot and that kind of like large and scary mm-hmm. and trying to date. But she just and this is the woman remember who sold her house. She did moved from Alaska to come down here to chase her wrestling dreams. You just gotta respect that. That's commitment for mm-hmm. sure. It I mean, is. honestly. Big time. Do we know where they are? There's a wagon in this restaurant. It's fancy. The wagon wheel in. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Did every only, community I don't know, but it looks nice. There's only two restaurants that exist in OVW, and it's this one and Our Place Pub. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, so we've seen this in OVW before. Uh, no, just it's, as far as I can tell. If I was watching from the outside, I wouldn't know if, that any other place existed. So I do have a question here. Is Aaron Grinder a good actor? Grinder. Aaron Grinder. Grinder. I wrote it correctly. I just cannot spell it. Maybe I wrote it correctly. I, I mean, just can't pronounce it. I think he's a, a great singer. So watch this. Watch. This is when he, when, yeah. when he, when he gets the, the shot of tequila. Yeah. And, and uh, is just looks like he's having look, looks like he's having an episode. It's, Very cartoonish. As far as his wrestling, and, I mean wrestling, his acting and wrestling goes, he's great. Right. Because you don't have to be the best. You don't have to be a professional actor to pull off the wrestling. Well, to, and to yeah. slam the canvas one, two, three is, yeah. is pretty easy, too. Well, yeah, but as far as the referee goes, the, 
they're a very big element to storytelling as well. Okay, so uh, there's a brief moment where we cut the to... The 1894 Lodge, I guess, is what this is called. Oh, look at that. Yeah, this is a classy, a classy joint. joint. This is a classy joint. You love a place that actually tells you... Just in case you were wondering if it was a classy joint, you can see... They put a sign up so you'd know. We, uh, well, Haley knows all about those classy joints. She's the queen of them. Wow, well, I wonder what that was. Uh, oh, no, ignore it. Move on. Yeah, so uh, we cut to Al Snow... T- uh, cutting a promo with Shira, so where we just kind of let the the audience know, hey, this is what's going on. His arms hurt. We're gonna have to scrub this. I guess this was a big disappointment in oh, huge. contemporaneous. Or certainly, certainly big disappointment to Shira. I think for all involved, yeah. I mean, Al had put in a lot of work, and Shira is just can't help but wear his heart on his sleeve. Um, and uh, I'm sure. I mean, you could just tell his whole energy has kind of changed after not only losing the title and then getting injured in the match while he lost the title. It's just he's, he's uh, not as, as enthusiastic. Well, not maybe enthusiastic. He's just not as excited as he was. Maybe. And, and you know, um, I, I bet he only uh, waxed the car twice today instead of three times. <laughs> he's, getting, he's gotten good with doing it with the other arm. That's you, for you, sure. You'd imagine, yeah. We get a little more, an, a second update as Jake Lawless returns. Uh, Jake Lawless, you will remember at the earlier on, had been caught snorting a lure tab um, in his car and had gotten in a little trouble, gotten thrown off the, the pro- off the program. Uh, and he comes back and he gets like un like probation, but he doesn't have to see a probation officer. Un- unsupervised un- probation. Couple hundred dollar court cost, like nothing really. Yeah, pretty lucky. Uh, lucky, yeah. Yeah, or did right. Matt Jones intervene? I think he got lucky. No. They, if he's never been in, we don't know his background. If he's never really been in serious trouble, that's about pretty standard these days because they don't really want to punish you. They want your money. Well, and if he if if he had one on him, you know, if he had a whole bag on him, they would have popped him with intent to distribute. But if he had one on him, it's, you know, they're going to yeah. put him under probation. And, and Yeah, it's a dude snorting a pill. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, and it's they have bigger bigger problems. And yeah, this is when when Al kind of brings him in. It's like back in the back in the day, we wouldn't have brought you back. And he said, "But this ain't back in the day." So you know, times have changed. Al can change apparently. He can he can uh, roll with the changes. To quote Ario Speedwagon, also appeared earlier in the the thing. And this is also the moment where we get the infamous California sober, which is a question. So we know that this dude's on probation. We assume he is on probation to this day because it was a multi-year probation. It's several years. So given that the Harlan County Commonwealth's attorney has video evidence of this guy a year ago being California sober, that is smoking weed while not doing pills apparently, do we think that the, the prosecutor is going to maybe do, the, the Commonwealth's attorney is going to do something about that? Well, I hadn't thought about that, mm. but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I thought of that Saturday morning. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, don't, I don't know if it would be worth their time and resources. And now I think he's in Tennessee, if I remember correctly. I had to look it up after the first episode he was featured in. And so, you know, I don't know if it would be worth the time and resources. But I'm not, I wouldn't say it's a, exactly a good look for the kid either. No. <laughs> Probably not if- something I would have done. No, not realizing he'd signed that little piece of paper saying he was going to be on. Uh, and is this again on OVW property? Didn't we have a whole uh, yeah. argument about that or like two episodes ago? 
I want to say, yeah, that this looks is like it could be, yeah. Okay, well, three years probation, and they ask if he was California sober, which I guess I didn't really know that until I saw this. I mean, I understood what he meant right away. Well, yeah, because they hand he says, "Are you California sober?" and hands him a blunt, right? So. Which means you're yeah. on, you're not on actual drugs, or you know, which marijuana, as we talked about before, is not a really a drug. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. So, yeah, they're very common kind of – you get the feeling that happens a lot where they're all kind of standing around an open car door with something going around and around near the near historic Davis Arena. Which brings us to 12 days. 12 so they days. keep Yeah, we keep getting updates on how many days to the big one in this one. This is where it kind of starts to roll downhill. And we, we join Brian and the rest – I think it was the whole broadcast team. We should be we – sh- yeah, hang on. They're, we're, they're catching up to us right now. Beautiful Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> this is like uh, for for maybe we, we we apparently have pretty decent international uh, listenership. Uh, for our international listenership, this is like one of the cool like cool places in Kentucky, Bardstown Road in Louisville. Um, this oh. this uh, had this this place has like a, a very special in my like life growing up. Like just like I remember going to Louisville. Um, from my like really small town that only had like a gas station to just like this place that's all independent stores and it's all super colorful and the people are really colorful. So this is uh, this is a uh, kind of uh, I like this because it's kind of a tribute to this really unique part of, of Louisville. Um, just them kind of walking down Bardstown Road. Just trying to put posters in people's windows and talking about the potential issues like not thus far, you know, it's not a sellout yet. You know, maybe a hundred seats. They need to sell four. They've maybe sold a hundred. You know, so they're out hanging flyers when they only know three of the matches. So yeah, there's a there, there's a lot going on. I think Brian almost gets in a fight with a flappy flailing arm <laughs> tube guy. Well, he's out there trying to promote something they don't even have completely prepared yet. So, <laughs> you know, he, it's yeah, just again showing the yeah, perils of his job. I think that they said that they only had like three matches announced for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they don't have the main event finalized because I don't believe up until now Al's, Al's still teeter-tottering on whether or not he's going to be in the main event, right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, so they don't even have a main event announced. Usually for something like this, main event is one of the first things announced. Well, sure, but it's the draw. It's the heat. It also usually revolves around a belt, so it's a little easier to predict or, or to book. But Sure. And I guess we're kind of seeing that, you know, that we only have three matches. Then we cut to Shira finding out that he needs three weeks, and then it's day-to-day. So with only, you know, 12 days to the big one, Shira is out-out. And he's, he, says, he says the date. <laughs> he says, so I won't be ready by this date, like, just to make sure. Like, no, mm-hmm. there's no way I can be here on this date, right? Yeah, makes the therapist say it on camera. And then he does try to, you know, this is one of those, one of those, uh, setbacks you kind of got to go through to get to the top this is it's my destiny i think he called himself the indian lion again at one point but this is where shira exits our our series basically this is this is i don't think we see him again so you know kind of a disappointing for for all the promise and everything that started but it is a very wrestling kind of story though that you know sometimes the one that you think is the biggest draw and is going to be this huge something happens and they just don't yeah that's really bad news tough break for shira 
I don't I hated think that for him. I don't think anybody came off as likable though as as Shearer did. No. Um no. throughout this this uh series. Just really I mean he's a big he's turned out to be a big huggable lion. I'm telling you, I would like to give Shearer a hug just just to be <laughs> you know, just because I think he needs it and you know, I'm a big dude too, so he could probably pick me up. That'd be fun. Like people who can pick me up often feel compelled to pick me up. Although I wouldn't want to re-injure his shoulder. So uh, I've, uh, I've titled this next part of the thing in my notes, the why and the wow. So we start out at the why with Haley and Eric and, and, and uh, working out. And uh, Eric judging her workout routine or lack thereof. He gives her credit for um, working out when she gets in the gym. He just wants her in the gym more often. And he wants her to drink more protein shakes. Yeah, that I didn't understand that part. That felt almost like a dirty joke coming from the boyfriend, really. Well, she could. You use, know, he's made that joke before. Oh yeah. Yeah, she could use a little more bulking up, like tone herself a little more. But you know, that's just to handle the rigors of the ring. I don't know. I think I kind of, I as, from a character perspective, um, just like how feisty she is, it kind of like, you know, sets her apart a little bit. Um, and like, she certainly seems to be able to handle herself with what she has. So. She does. Like, her physicality just has been so impressive through this whole thing. So, um, and then we cut to, and, and Matt calls her, and, and we get it, her and Maria there together. And, and Matt's like, oh, you're going to California? What, what? So this is the wow, obviously. So they're still doing the wow. We get a little moment of, of them in that wow, in their wow characters, Helping some uh, some 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 in females in distress, and uh, you know we kind of cut around oh, yeah, to some the, things. Yeah, Mother Trucker's vignette. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I like this part. That's funny. Yeah, I, I feel like I could help Haley n- narrow that, make nail that accent a little better though. Oh, the country accent. Yeah, she doesn't quite have the country accent, Frankfurt girl that she is. It just uh, really shows though that she she jumps into whatever she's given. You know, I don't think that this this is so unlike the way that she presents herself in the OVW, uh, you know, f- promotion. But she just went in full force on it. She just gives gives it, you know, hundred percent. She's really you gotta love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she ain't scared. No, no, not one bit of anything. Really, seems like. And you know, um, so Al is is frustrated and, and kind of mystified. He calls this a lateral move. Let's take Maria. Out. Let's take Maria out of it. Let's just talk about Haley. Is Wow a lateral move, or is it a is it a, is it a step up at this point? What do you think on that, Hans? Uh, given how big OVW is, it kind of seems like a, a step down, maybe. Well, let, let's remember this was last year. Well, this is before the Netflix drama. That's so. true, but I don't know. Maybe she was just in it for uh, a trip to California. I mean, yeah, maybe. So, how long has WoW been around? It's kind of new, right? Probably relaunched in like 2017 or something. That would Maybe be a, a question for later. Jackman. I have no idea. Maybe a little later, but probably like 2017. So, in the last 10 years. Yeah. Maximum. Yeah, this iteration of it. Is it so... so it, it, but this is a relaunch of the old Glow promotion, right? Uh, spiritual sort of? successor. Right. Yeah, spiritual yeah that's kind of the vibe that I got from it. It reminded me a lot of... Uh, the old glow promotion I, I think calling it a lateral move is kind of fair um but i also think that 
getting experience, play a different character, a different place, different way. You know, she's only done live television up until now. This is taped. Experience is experience. Getting to wrestle alongside of her mother. You know, I, I can I can see why she I don't I don't blame her for taking it, but I also don't think that calling it a lateral move is unfair. So, which brings me to uh, Jackman's five words that we we keep coming back to. How much of this is real? Like how oh, my, much? How my mu- five words from the first episode. Yeah, from the very first episode. Like how ang- how how upset are Matt and Al really? Like how much of this was really outside of their control? Do we think? About what specifically? About them going to wow. Like was this really? Oh, they put us in this hard place with. Like were they really gonna? Would 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 Haley have had a match at the big one if it wasn't for this? If is. Is that that's certainly the implication, but I just wonder if that's really what was up. I think it kind of goes back to the "it is what it is" saying. I mean, you can't, you can only control what Haley and Maria are both are going to do to a point. So, I mean, you kind of as as with Shira, you kind of got to roll to punches of what you got and what you don't have. And I do love that, that they leave the, the the notion of whether or not she'll participate in the big one. Kind of, she's like, I still might do it. You know, and, uh, you know, who knows? And and maybe she, I might move on. They're kind of leaving all that hanging. And then we kind of focus in on uh, Haley and Eric and whether or not they're, they're, they're love forever. And, and why doesn't Eric want to talk to wrestlers? Like in the opening of that segment, he's like, I would go and sell my shirts, but I'd have to go over there and hang out with uh, uh, Cashflow. Cash who's already in his gear. Yeah, who's already? Yeah, I don't understand. What's the issue there? Any ideas? Anybody? He will make any excuse as to why he can't succeed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, he's he's definitely an excuse maker. So yeah, instead of going out there and selling the merch, yeah, I have an excuse of why I can't sell the merch. Because Cashflow is wearing his wrestling gear. Because with that physique and that beard and those tattoos, there's no reason why he shouldn't be able to sell himself. So he's that's really his own personal BS. He's he's talking about there. And you know, and and he we cut to him in his car again. Uh, always good to see his '92 Tercel or whatever that thing is. It's a Corolla. Corolla, and he's like, I just want to settle down. And you know, Haley's 23, 22, do, 22, 23 now. Do, do you guys get the feeling Haley's ready to settle down? Does that I don't seem... think either one of these kids are ready to settle down, or really even be with each other. Especially her, though. As as. Uh... As I was taught to say, I don't know if she's exactly the Marion type right now, mm-hmm. where she's at in her life. Um, it's not to say that she can't be one day, but watching their relationship dynamic behind the scenes, especially, I don't think either one of them need to be th- be looking towards something like a legal contract for the rest of their life. No, no, probably not. Whenever I see him in his car, I feel like uh, I'm watching him through the uh, speaker at a drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm looking at him through, like, a clown's mouth, and he's trying to order, like, the number six with a, a Coke or something. One cherry limeade, please. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to buy a gram off of him in high school that weighs up to .7. <laughs> well, I mean, he does have, looks like he does have very, a lot of practice at that, Jack. Yeah, I think, you know, not to, not to make any assumptions. But. <laughs> Need a gram, please. And, but, yeah, but it's always short. It's like a big, long stem. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's got a bunch of seeds. Yeah, a bunch of seeds. Yeah. So we we cut back and and, and to Al. You want it or not? 
Sadly, I know that guy. Yeah. I have I have had to deal with that person. Oh before. my god, I about spit my drink. <laughs> so we cut to uh Jessica again rubbing rubbing uh Al down. Um I, seems like this is the third or fourth time we've we've seen them with him naked in the room and her rubbing on him. It's like they just wanted to get it on camera. But uh Talking about it and, and worrying. I about like this. It's like a, it's like a, it's a, literally, him getting so stressed out that the only thing he can do is get a massage. It's like I, I like it as like uh, they've they've done a good job of framing it. It's kind of like a bookmark where they've mm-hmm. done it. I guess like two two different times up until this point. So, and, and you know, and and it, it being his wife, so he can kind of also kind of in this intimate moment be talking about these intimate details of what's going on here. And it's also kind of a metaphor because he's talking it out and that's a form of therapy and this is also physical therapy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's also good. And, you know, he talks about and we get to see some clips of vintage Al and, and the damage he's done to his body. Look at that. Just yeah. I mean, he, took, around like a rag he took some major bumps back in the hardcore days. I he really did. Him and Sean, I need to go look that up because I bet that they just, well, I bet Sean didn't bump for Al, but I bet Al bumped all over the place for Sean. Oh, yeah. Two of the best oversellers of all time. And, you know, we, uh, and, and Al is, is concerned about both physically because he just got his knees replaced a couple years before this. So there's that. And then there's, he, he doesn't want, he, it's so sweet. He He doesn't want to be an embarrassment to the business. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want his his match back to just be something well, useless. Watching these, uh, this his moves and stuff in the past. I mean, he's got a lot to live up to. You know, yeah. he don't he don't want to step down from that. That's the standard he set, and I, I don't blame him. I mean, why would you want to come short of that? Yeah, he was a maniac. In oh, he really was. There well, was a time in the early '90s, like in the tape trading community, where Al Al Snow was supposed to be the next big thing amongst all like the hardcore wrestling nerds because they were just like this guy is insane yeah and well and he he talks about this throughout the the documentary a little bit too where he says i stopped having just trying to have great matches all the time and i started doing the gimmick in the early 90s when he was just super athletic the guy was like you could see why people thought he was going to be the next big thing so yeah there's a so we cut to uh joe mack and uh reverend ronnie and uh, Haley and Eric all kind of having drinks and chilling out. And, of course, At Reverend the world Ronnie. world-famous Our Place pub. Ah, yes. see, I'm so glad you know the places. I, don't, I have no idea, but oh. I really want to go now. Just a highlight. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. They're uh, focusing on her, and they have to uh, zoom in on the Miller High Life mm-hmm. and the open pack of smokes. There you go. Well, yeah, we gotta we got to show that lifestyle. And they're talking, and... This is where Eric finds out. Apparently, Al found out that they were going for this before Eric, and Eric's not happy. And we know what whatever happens next, we don't get on camera. Camera misses it, but and we no one wants to talk about it on camera. We we hear a phone call and we we see the city of Louisville while they're talking about it because apparently. Reverend Ronnie and Eric Darkstorm got in some sort of a physical altercation. Uh, that we that didn't end with them. Uh, we find out, I guess, they got in a physical altercation because he was coming to the defense of Haley. Right. 
Because, yeah, Eric was, was not... He wasn't a fan of her being out there and didn't really uh, like the way she was being used or the product <laughs> and refers to the women in the, the video as whores. Yeah, and the whole thing is a gimmick, mm-hmm. according to uh, Eric. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we've definitely seen him several times say, you know, women get it all handed to them. So it, it sounds like those, yeah, that, that just played out on a, a sad and... Uh, um, at one point in the thing we see, we actually see Eric actually uses the phrase, she threatened to leave me at OVW. And I don't know if he if that meant that she threatened to leave him at Historic Davis Arena and like drive away, or if that meant that she threatened to go away from from OVW and just leave him at the promotion while she's out, you know, presumably being an international star. If it was an if it was an argument, I'm gonna go with probably the second one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Eric uh, Eric is the one who talks to us at a at a park. Which is where you go when, when, when the drama has happened. Why did everybody wind up at like public parks at 7 in the morning? Seems like that's what always happens. And so, so jealous. Maybe he was early for the rumble. <laughs> very, very early. Apparently he kicked in Haley's door. We did get a, a look at that big dent, which is just great job, guy. And uh, a GNR Lies shirt he's wearing, if I'm not terribly that is mistaken. A great it's, shirt. I didn't it's notice. a. No, that's not GNR. No, it's a play a, on GNR yeah, Lies. That's a sure. great shirt, though. But you know that it's just ironic that that's what he's wearing is is a play on on that that so famous album cover of GNR, Guns and Roses for the uninitiated, and he actually says, "I was the aggressor. I put my hands on her." So, and 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 we cut to Haley, and she's like, "Well, I hit him a lot too, and I punch him, and and has he ever hit me?" And she's no comment. Just, just a lot with yeah. this. Just a lot of drama. Kind of, especially after what was initially a pretty jovial episode. Um, yeah, yeah, it gets pretty serious. Yeah, and then we get all dysfunction junction. What's your function? Well, I guess we're seeing all the stars who won't be at the big one. Like Shira won't be at the big one because he's hurt. Darkstorm now won't be at the here at the at uh, the big one because there's the, there's the dent in the car. There is in fact the dent in the doors. We're watching this and good God, I've hit deer that didn't do that much that damage. Was, yeah, golly, I mean, you know, <laughs> counseling is a thing, uh, and uh, you know, uh, so we we cut. Let's just cut away from that. that that's a, depressing. Yeah. Well, there, there's actually a shot here that I think is very telling to. Um, as they're kind of packing up, uh, she has a poster of Hollywood Haley J on her wall above her bed, almost like um, like Hollywood Haley J is a different person than than Haley. And then Haley, then Haley, yeah. Um, and then it kind of pans out, and you see all of the holes in the walls that I'm going to assume are from arguments. Mm-hmm. And but just that poster is still there above all the holes, and it's just kind of like a really from just like a, a cinematography standpoint, like a very telling shot. Like mm-hmm. it's just um, of like how she views Hollywood Haley J and how strong that person is, and she walks past it and walks past the holes in the walls. Just like a really really like good framed shot, um, really telling shot without having to say it out loud. 
which continues to telegraph the notion that maybe Haley's going to leave the OVW. Like, you know, she at one point even says, i got to get out of here, and, and we don't know exactly what she means by that. So just just drama, drama. And then the drama of, uh, of uh, Brian, who has one more chance. You know, the attendance has been up, but not enough. And, and you know, they need more sponsors. We're at nine days to the big one as we're coming into the end of this episode. And, uh, you know, Brian's got one more chance to land the plane, as Matt says, and get the attendance up on this, and we'll see how he does. And there's that enormous water bottle again. I hope that man is never thirsty, Al Snow. Can't be. Thirst never stood a chance. So, and after after the whole thing about Brian, then we get into the, 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 the heart of this last meeting, getting Al to come in to, to actually sign on the line and, and perform at the big one. And, you know, so uh, do, do we assume that there are people who watched just because Al Snow was going to be there, people who may not otherwise ever watch OVW? Yes. It's Absolutely. Possible. Yeah, sure. especially him, him matching up against Shannon, too. Well, I mean, even outside of people who know who Shannon the Dude is, mm-hmm. just random dude in, in Wichita who watched Al Snow shake his head in the 90s. There, there are people where Al Snow is still their favorite wrestler of all time. So I, d- I, I have that. no doubt that oh, yeah. people Absolutely. tuned in. Uh, oh, you know, they probably were following Al on Twitter. They knew he bought OVW. They This is the moment they were waiting for when they heard he bought OVW. Mm-hmm. Th- this is what they've been waiting for, you know. And Al's that kind of wrestler where he's still just a lot of people's favorite guy. Well, I mean, he's become my favorite guy in, in the course of this. And Matt dangles it out there that if Al will come in and do the match – we will invest and bring in another opponent. Now, we don't name that in this series. We don't find out who that is. But I did hear, because I, I listened to KSR, Matt told us today from the time we're recording that, that this is what the investment that, that brought EC3 into the promotion. Okay. Oh, that makes sense. Which we're still seeing. We I are mean, still living with it right now. Yeah, so yeah. He, we'll be, when we do our OVW podcast segment, that'll, it'll be there. So Al agrees Al, so the, it's a tag team match. Al and Doug Basham versus Joe Mack and who was the other faction guy? This was Adam probably, Revolver. Yeah, Revolver and uh, Joe, Mack. Joe Mack versus uh, Doug Basham and Al Snow. And if Al and Doug win, Al gets five minutes in the ring with Shannon the Dude. And uh, that's kind of how it, it wraps up. Al and, agrees uh, to do it. He gets a sweet fist bump from mayor greenberg reluctantly mm-hmm. agrees to do it yeah, really. i mean matt and greg did kind of gang up on him a little bit there yeah they, they kind of did they and put him on the spot they sure did and then we cut to the final the final sequence of this episode is uh a, an awesome training montage from al mm-hmm. where he's just in this sepia tone light and just just sweat pouring off of him while he swings i don't know hammers and mm-hmm. Mighty, jackhammers and the mighty Thor hammer. I was really hoping just. to see uh, Persian clubs because he's <laughs> he's good with those. And I, I mean, that's I've tried to do it on a much smaller scale. Like I can't swing two seventy-five pound Persian clubs, but just trying to do that and have that coordination where you're holding them and like you're kind of swinging them around like uh, helicopter blades above your head. Uh, it's not easy it's something that not everybody can do very few people could do it back in the day it was the iron sheik uh who i think brought it 
to the company, or at least that's the first mention I remember of it. But the only person who could do it when he would uh, challenge people to do it was uh, Bob Backlund. Mm. So, yeah, we, we watch as Al, his wife, is attaching those weird vacuum domes to his back. And, and meanwhile, Matt is talking up the match, and we get Shannon talking smack while Al is basically just working up an enormous sweat, and you, you just feel it like he's coming for, for Shannon the dude. He is just coming for him. I kind of like these backstage things, too, at Al's house because you see who he's spending the most amount of time with as far as up-and-comers in the OVW roster. And fast forward a year later, these are guys that are two in two really prominent spots, Joe Mack and Cal Hero. So it's cool to kind of see as oh, an OVW Cal? fan. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Cal at yeah. his house. Okay. Kind of, he's and the current rest champion. I know who Cal Hero he is. Was, uh, he was there when in an earlier episode of, of Wrestlers 2 when they were watching... Um, episode 2, I believe. Yeah, they were watching Austin. The- I don't know. I, th- I guess it was an episode of SmackDown. But it's kind of nice to see as an OVW fan, kind of who Al's keeping close behind stage, who's kind of taken under his wing, I guess. Lots of insider information here. So, yeah, I just found this to be a, a, a fairly amazing episode. A lot of high drama here, but uh, definitely worth our worth our time. Uh, so, yeah, one more episode to go. And uh, we are we are just, we see seeing the light at the end of the tunnel here. And, uh, any final thoughts from you gentlemen before we, we let this one go? I didn't think about it until you um, pointed it out earlier, but this is kind of the episode where the people who don't make it in to, for whatever reason, one reason or the other, don't make it into the big one. This is kind of how we, we leave them. And I, it, it is a very kind of nice touching goodbye to these guys, um, even though you hate to see where they leave Shira. Um, it's yeah. just a, it's a very effective send-off. I kind of didn't understand that that's what they were doing until you mentioned it, but it's a very effective send-off. Well, that's why we do these, so we can think about this stuff together and talk about mm-hmm. them. And, and you can join us, listeners, and we're always so glad you do. Um, look, look when he's flipping the weights with this lot. I want one of these lots. I'm convinced that you, that, that amber lot that's behind him in that in that montage sequence when they're all laughing on ksr so yeah that's what i was getting ready to say this this is one of the things i like how they ended this lot hardly with uh, shannon while matt i mean uh al's doing all the exercising and sweating and being a beast you know shannon's just yucking it up and making fun of him and you know being the heel shannon and and just just you know just topping up the match i thought that was pretty well done yeah it, it's definite the the contrast mm-hmm. the contrast it is and yeah we're being rained on by the sweat of al snow and uh, it's kind me. of like uh, the tortoise and the hare in a way. I mean, Shannon's running his mouth and he's all over the place. And Al's a little bit older than Shannon and he's hanging out it's not in unlike, silence and putting in the work. It's not unlike something they would do for an actual wrestling program. Like, you know, cut to the guy training his ass off oh, and then yeah. cut to the guy, you know, just sitting back you know, talking, talking smack to him and then cut to the guy trading his ass off. It's not unlike what they would do in an actual, you know, it's set a, up yeah, an angle. a real program. Yeah. That's yeah. a real angle. That is true. All right. Well, so yeah, I, I, that was a great episode all, yeah. overall. Everybody, everybody ready for the final episode? Let's do it, man. You betcha. All right. Well, thanks for joining us for uh, podcasters, the unofficial uh, wrestlers after show presented by the uh, OVW podcast. Um, I just realized I'm halfway through the uh, the closing credits just saying it by accident. But uh, 
The OVW Podcast is produced by Black Light Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. The OVW Broadcast Podcast, easy for me to say, the OVW Podcast Broadcast team is Jackman Oates and Brian Hines. Studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard and executive producer is me, Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is him, Victor Anderson. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars, give us a review, and you can follow us at OVW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, uh, AOL Online, uh, uh, CompuServe, just anything you got. MSN Messenger. Yeah, MSN, the Microsoft Network. Follow us on the Microsoft Network. We'll be there. Anyway. What was it, Google Zones? No, Google, Google, Google Circle, Google Plus, Circles. Google Plus. Yeah, yeah follow us on Google Plus. <laughs> we'll be there. And until next time, I am Tiny for Victor Anderson, for Brian Hines, for Jack Minotes. I am Tiny Brian K. Woodard, reminding you to beware of rabbits. They carrots. Love you guys. Peace. See ya. Thanks for listening.